All right, welcome back to Blair and Barker. I'm not certain what I just saw on TV. It was funny. His pants fell down. Yeah. Just we were watching the, M- the MLB network, and they had a thing on. Uh, doing jumps, his pants fell down. The Iowa State cheerleader doing a somersault, and his pants fell down. Wish I could do that. Not my pants. Oh, somersault. How did Virginia Tech do this weekend? You're funny. I don't know. I'm asking. You know how they did. I, I, Kevin, I'm a busy man. I have no idea how they did. I can take from your answer, though, that it probably wasn't. Same as my Broncos. Well, wasn't a good wasn't a good time in my house. Rutgers. I didn't even know they had a football team. Rutgers. Yeah, Rutgers I didn't even beat them. They, they even have a foot. I didn't even know I mean, that I, until I, 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 I just they, don't know what conference until they, they won in. by twenty over the Hokies. Are, are the Hokies in the ACC? Or are they? Well, yeah. I mean, they changed all those conferences around. Yeah. I don't know. Anyhow, yeah, Rutgers does have a football team, the Scarlet Knights, as I believe they're. Yeah, well, I know that because I saw it. Thanks. Uh, ben McDonald, Baltimore Orioles analyst, will join us mm. at the bottom of the hour as we uh, take a, continue our look around the uh, American League wildcard picture. Brian McTaggart. Houston Astros reporter joins us as well. Of course, the Jays have today off. They start a three-game series against the Yankees tomorrow. Then it's on to Tampa Bay. Uh, the Rays, by the way, uh, will announce tomorrow, at least according to our friend Mark Topkin, the uh, details on a new stadium in St. Petersburg, which hopefully will put that uh, that issue to rest. Um I'm a little surprised because the thinking all along had been that the team would likely end up in Tampa. Yeah. Um, one of the issues with the stadium was uh, the accessibility, uh, the current stadium, but now it's part of a mega development uh, in St. Pete. So, uh, yeah, that's the end of a long odyssey for the Rays. The person I'm happiest for is Mark Topkin because he never has to write about the Rays stadium sale again or doesn't have to text me and say, do I need to learn French if they uh, split the team between Montreal How about that? and Tampa? They're even talking about that. Jason Stark of The Athletic joins us. Hello, Jason Stark of The Athletic. Mm-hmm. Hello, Jeff and Kevin. So you, you, you think this is it, huh? I have no... The Rays are all <laughs> set. You know what? I think Jason's kidding. I, I, <laughs> I have adopted... It's the same thing as Oakland. When I see when I uh, see Rob Manfred or whoever it is throw out the first pitch at the brand new Trop, it probably won't be Rob, I wouldn't think, but when I see that person throw out the first pitch, I will be absolutely convinced <laughs> that they are staying in St. Petersburg. Yeah, I, I look, it looks... It certainly looks like this is happening. I, I Their situation is way more stable than Oakland's because even if the Oakland thing gets approved and they get, they're they allowed to move to Las Vegas, they're going to play where exactly <laughs> that stadium is built. Nobody knows that answer. No. At least the Rays will have the trap until this thing opens. And I, I do think it's great that this is going to be resolved and everybody knows where they're going to be. And I don't know how much time – you guys have spent in downtown St. Petersburg lately, but it's really been thriving over the last five, six, seven years. So this is a centerpiece yeah. project for the city, and that's all good. <laughs> the one problem is the one that you just alluded to, which is 
we asked the question, why haven't they drawn actual living fans to attend their games yes. for like 15 years? I think the answer is it's not in Tampa. And then where is this park going to be located? Right next to the old park in a city we can refer to as not Tampa. Yeah. You know, so it solves the short-term problem, which is where they're going to play when the lease expires. But does it address the big picture problem, which is hung over that franchise? I, I don't see how. I don't think people inside Major League Baseball are confident that it does. But maybe there's a secret part of the deal where they're going to teleport fans in from Tampa. I don't know. Yeah, it is really. I mean, look, when when I was in Tampa, well, it was a spring training that 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 COVID hit. I ran into somebody on the, the it was a Dunedin City Council person, but we started talking about the whole area and the geography of it. And his point was that in in his mind, now granted, and he wasn't this guy wasn't representing you know, representing St. Pete, but he said, I just don't see how they don't put it in in Ybor City in the uh, in the in the uh, eastern part uh, of the city, farther towards Lakeland. I, th- there's a ton of land. That's where all the freeways intersect. Yeah, uh, and that was kind of I think a lot of people thought about that. Then they thought the waterfront in Tampa. But, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, listen, I, I hope it turns out I like St. Pete. You're right. Downtown St. Pete is cool. Um, but, yeah, it's still that, – that 615 traffic, man, is just – it's a bear. <laughs> we, we've dealt with it in our time. And, I like, what you just laid out is what everybody wanted to happen, either right near the hockey arena yeah. or in Ybor City. But it just never gained any traction. Somebody had to pay for that thing, yeah. and like they, had, you know, they had renderings and all kinds of announcements and uh, prospective sites. None of it ever went anywhere. This is the first project that they've ever talked about that progressed. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they have to do this. They have to go through with this. It looks like they're might they're going to either sell a portion of the team or raise capital in some other way to pay their share. Maybe that gives them more of a vested stake in seeing it succeed. Um, we'll we'll see. But I don't want them to lose their raisinous, though, Jason. That's <laughs> yeah. what I'm concerned they're about. Screw it up because I don't want them to money. lose this. I don't want them to lose their raisinous. Yeah, you you you, you want them to change. Team like change lines on the fly, the whole team every three years, right? Yeah, I want them to just keep doing what they do. I Whatever don't want... it is that they do, what yeah. is that? Just, well, you know, if they if you know Andrew Friedman used to run that place, you might have heard that. Yes, and so then he went to L.A. and he they gave him money to do the same stuff. How does that worked out? <laughs> so yeah. it's a kind of a scary prospect for the rest of the division potentially if <laughs> if it goes the way. They think it's going to go, and it means they actually have some working capital. Are you surprised, shifting focus a little bit here, are you surprised that nobody has seized control of this AL wildcard race, right? Other than the aforementioned Rays, who are obviously going to uh, have the first wildcard spot, or the AL East title. Uh, That's still in the balance. 
But it's like, I mean, Seattle, you know, Texas left here, and I, we were all convinced that they'd basically rip the soul out of the Blue Jays. They go to <laughs> Cleveland, they can't score, and the Blue Jays still can't score, but somehow they manage to win games. And Seattle's playing, the, no surprise, the Dodgers are beating Seattle. But, you know, Seattle's starting Ooh. pitching, that, that, that rock-solid starting pitching either. has started to look... Like it might be coming back down to earth. What do you think this is going to come down to at the end? Do you, it's really looking like that Texas, that tech, those Texas Houston games are going to be it, aren't they? Uh, boy, I, I, I'm 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 really afraid to make pronouncements now because how weird is baseball? You just laid it out for the Jays to get swept at home and just like pummeled. By the Rangers. That was awful. It was an awful series. It just was. Oh, and then the Rangers get swept in Cleveland, which seemed like that team seemed like it was totally dead team walking. And then the the Jays sweep the Red Sox. Don't even ask yourself how different life would be if the Red Sox could catch fly balls to center field. Okay? And the Mariners get swept by the Dodgers. And now we're right back where we were. And I, I just keep wrestling with this feeling like my my feeling about the talent of the Blue Jays hasn't changed hasn't wavered mm. the whole year and the you know the American League is wide open the, the most wide open that it's been in a long time there's no Yankee Red Sox behemoths here anywhere right they, the the Astros aren't quite as good the the Jays are talent enough to win a round or two or three if they get in. But I, oh, and you forgot, in? Royce I, Lewis is the best hitter in baseball. <laughs> One of the best hitters in baseball, too. He's got as many grand slams with the bases loaded as outs. That's impossible, right? <laughs> um, so I, I don't know how you guys feel about this schedule. You know, the, the Jays have all these games with the Rays and Yankees, and they haven't proven they can beat anyone in the AL East except the Red Sox. But the Mariners, Rangers, and Astros have all those games against each other. Yeah. It's safe to predict one of those teams will lose every one of those games, right? So mm-hmm. the Jays have a path to get there, but they still have to earn it. You know, it's it's really weird too because hearing you talk, one of the things, one of the things I didn't like about the new schedule is I was concerned that it would cheapen the interdivision race. And then I'm looking at it, and it hasn't. Right? The not it's it, it's not at all. If anything, it's it's really brought the focus, certainly in the West, on on the division. I mean, if anything, it's it's almost like we've doubled down on the importance of that division. You know, like 19 yeah. games a year was too much. Yeah. Too much. And these teams haven't played each other a lot until now. Uh, and recognize that baseball did structure the schedule this way on purpose and backloaded division games as much as that was possible. Part of that was um, to create more flexibility to reschedule, postpone games early in the year in places where they don't have root, like a roof. <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, so, But it's also worked out this way so that these games have so much meaning and it's going to be so fun. There's basically one or two or three or four playoff games 
every night now for the next two weeks, and then the real playoffs start. So sign me up for that. Jason, you know what I like about the American League? There's not one dominant player. Like all the teams that you just mentioned when I was listening to you guys talk there, it takes a team effort. Like you got to have – it's like the Blue Jays. You watch them consistently. If they do something bad – they usually don't overcome that. Like, it takes a team effort, right? The pitching got to be good. The bullpen's got to be good. The base running's got to be good. Timely hitting has to be good. You can't make an error. That has to be good. Every <laughs> si- Jason, it's like every single team is sort of like that. It's not like an Aaron Judge is hitting three home runs in a game and carrying his team and making it easier for them to screw up some things. And that's, for me, I think the most fun part out of all this is the Orioles are good. The Astros are not as good. That sort of opens the gate for a bunch of teams to have to be all good at the same time. I just think that's cool. It, well, it is. It's set, it really sets up to have an AL half of the draw, very similar to the NL half of the draw last year, where the, the Dodgers and the Braves and the Mets won all those games and were gone yeah. <laughs> by the end of the division series. And look who's left standing. That could easily happen again easily happen again um and i'm like i'm all in on that i i would have loved to have seen otani in the postseason Me too. he's the one he's the one guy in the in the sport who was having that year and well, the one guy in the american league was having that year yeah. and they crashed and burned he's done uh so you're exactly Right, this could go a million different ways because of exactly what you just laid out. Yeah, speaking of Otani, what's uh, what's the deal with that? And I, I've heard of guys cleaning out their locker before when they're hurt. Why, why has this been such a big deal? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Have the Angels had the most Angels month ever? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. So that, uh, yeah. that feels like part of it, but one of their issues is they don't message well. It feels like they don't message anything well. Um, for you know, for him to hurt his arm, hurt his oblique, amidst all these long periods where nobody is willing to even say what is happening, uh, that leads to the next step where he cleans out his locker. People can see there's no stuff in the locker, and they they won't explain why. No, you need to get out ahead of every story. You can't let this image of your team and your star fester like this, and it's all they've done. How about the Anthony Rendon yeah, stuff? Yeah, how about that? Oh, oh, it just it's painful. It's painful, Kevin. It you know I'm all I've. I used to go to the uh, the MLB rookie development program. I, I, mm-hmm. I've been there like ten times. Right, mm-hmm. they had a media panel that I served on, and the the first thing I would tell all these kids because they were on their way to the big leagues was, don't ever let us control the message. You can you can control it. Number one, something happens to you in a game. Before you ever stand at your locker, think through what you want to get across and say it. And you can say, you can answer the questions however you want. We just ask them. And that applies double, triple, a thousand times to every team. You, 
you have to control your message and your storyline. You don't let the thing like reel out of control, and then you send Perry Manassi into the to the podium to say, "There's not even a story here, really." <laughs> Sorry, I love Perry, but come on, yeah. we got to do better. I mean, the the thing it's done though, is we we all have to admit. I mean, it's there are there are no tea leaves to reading this thing. They've thrown the cup, the tea leaves, everything out now. Like, if, if anything, this is just, don't you think this is just complicated it, 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 the ultimate destination of Otani even more? Um, or do you think it's maybe well, cleared it up a bit? Well, I, I do, you know, if well, I think it would have been a lot less clear if, okay, they, they go forward at the deadline, they go all in, Otani has the greatest doubleheader in history, and then he doesn't hurt his arm, and he doesn't hurt his oblique, mm. and Mike Trapp comes back, and he's 100%, and they go on a run and they get in. That would have complicated it for sure. The fact that they all got devoured by this avalanche, this annual Angels avalanche, I think makes it more obvious he's not going to be there because <sighs> they're cursed. They're crucified. Yeah. So then we're back to the same guessing game we were in. And you want, you want to know how I analyze it? Yeah. And, you know, I, I think I've told you this before, that the, the, the Angels are not as convinced he's leaving as everyone else because they've inc- created this incredible comfort zone bubble around him that he does whatever he wants. He talks as little as he wants to the outside world. Um, he's on his own schedule. Um, and it he's great, but it creates a lot of inconvenience for them. And start thinking about all the teams where he could go where none of that's possible. But mm. So then we're thinking, where is it possible that they might also be willing to write a check for half a billion dollars? And you know the team that keeps coming back to me? the Seattle Mariners. Yep. So that's my prediction. Mark it down. Yeah, and he spends, I didn't realize this, but I believe he spends a fair amount of time in the offseason in Seattle, does he not? So I, I, it was I one of the Seattle writers run. mentioned that to me. Yeah. i heard that. I think it was I mean, Ryan Divish maybe even mentioned yeah. that he spends a fair amount of time there. I mean, I've never seen him at the fish market, but it's certainly possible, and he worships Ichiro. Yeah. You know, so you've got all that in place. They've had a lot of Japanese players there, and they know the deal. I just, it just, it just like I know the Red Sox. Whoever runs their team, they're going to want to make some big splash. And good, he's not going there. No, nope. no. You know the Yankees. How's he going there? No, nope. else. He's not going there. He's mm-hmm. he wants to have spring training in Arizona, and he doesn't want. The, the the glare and all the people tugging at him. And that creates a really limited number of places. And past his prologue, if you look back at his last free agency, it went quick, man. You know, That's he true. eliminated a bunch of teams, and then he, he talked to those teams. And I mean, you remember Clayton Kershaw flying in from Texas to be part of the Dodgers delegation and coming out and saying, what a friggin' waste of time that was. <laughs> so he's going to know what he wants to do. And I, I, it's, I don't see this dragging out till February 3rd, like a Scott Boris negotiation. If he's, he could be done by 
Thanksgiving. Mm. Ooh. Wouldn't it be great to hold off to the winter meetings, though? He, he could hide in Toronto. You know that, Jason. He could to hold off to the winter yeah, meetings. Yeah, he could. He could. Oh, I would love to see him on that team. Oh, me too. Uh, yeah. Well, they need a cleanup hitter. There you go. Yeah. Right. Um, cut. Then the uh, the eighth starter gig will be open for a year. Well, yeah, there that's, you go. That's true. <laughs> hey, before we let you run, any update in our friend Charlie Manuel, who we know uh, sustained a, or suffered a stroke over the weekend, I believe. Yeah, I appreciate your asking, Jeff. Um, uh, you know, I checked in with a couple of people who are really close to Charlie, and it was very worrisome Saturday. He's done extremely well. Um, and there's a lot of encouraging signs here. I mean, he's not out of the woods. We don't know 100% exactly where it's leading, but he's in good spirits. Um, he's doing well. He's he's talking, and he's hearing from all his friends in baseball, which nothing makes him happier. Um, so the news is is really good, other than – He's he's going to have a road ahead of him. I think yeah. that's for sure. Well, Jason, we appreciate you uh, filling us in. And thanks so much, man. Yeah, our thoughts and uh, yeah, prayers we'll pray are, with, him. are with him and everybody. Yeah, everybody who knows Charlie, he's been on our show a couple of times. We he's love a him. Good man. Yeah. Um, yeah. I loved. You know what? I one of the things I always think about visiting. You know, the relationship between visiting writers and managers and all that, such as it is, it's really one of small kind of small courtesies, right? <laughs> More than anything else, and. Uh-huh. Uh, that was Charlie, man. That was that's uh, uh, Charlie to T. So he, yeah, he's one of the greats. He yeah. loves to talk the language of baseball to anyone who loves it. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, Jason, yeah. thanks, man. Thanks, Be Jason. well. Always, always fun, guys. Thanks. Yeah. See ya. Jason Stark of the Athletic, and uh, yeah, that is that is good news. That happened over the weekend. Uh, Charlie Manuel uh, taken to hospital with a uh, with a stroke, but as we've been told, it appears as if he's. Uh, on the upswing, mm-hmm. which is good because uh, he's Charlie. Yeah. Um, that's interesting, uh, the, the sho- whole Shohei Otani thing. I keep uh, forgetting that. that like well, I, it, no, it, but it, it is because he, he doesn't it, talk. But, like, but J- Jason is right. when he, it, it's, it wouldn't surprise me if you see that decision made quickly. I, yeah, I've got to think if you're Shohei if you're Shohei Otani, if anything, wouldn't this almost it seems like it would narrow down even more your options yeah he's going to win another yeah. mvp which is going to be weird when you're you know you're missing as much time as he's missed you're still going to win it and then you're going to have to make a decision like it's yeah, it's it's a little odd time i just all that's going on there is odd it's like he's just well, the, it's the, like they the, just, the they just try not to speak the truth about anything like yeah. you just come out and say what you got to say but that's and, you know what i mean there, there's a you know there's a lot going on in that organization like you know you go back to that whole issue of the, uh, the media relations issue they had yeah. and, and with was it tyler was it tyler skaggs or whatever yeah. and <clears throat> pardon me and just all the you know the anthony rendon stuff the bone <laughs> bruise and it turns out to be a freaking broken leg <laughs> like, um he's basically like well, i don't know what they're talking about like yeah. Yeah, that's like What's going on? Uh, We've been giving you the chance to win Blue Jays tickets all season long here in Blair and Barker, whether you listen on the radio or on our podcast. All you have to do is text the correct answer to our daily baseball trivia question to 590-590. 
Today's question gives you a chance to win tickets to see the Jays and Yankees down at the Rogers Center on September 26th. Could be a game of some significance. Um, Our last trivia question and answer was, David Price signed a mammoth deal with Boston after a short stint in 2015 with the Blue Jays. Who did Toronto trade to Detroit to bring Price north of the border for the team's 2015 postseason run? The answer was Daniel Norris, Matt Boyd, and Jairo Labour, a prospect. Today's trivia question is, this is an easy one. This Australian, I said Jays and Yankees. Uh, t- this, uh, <laughs> I got it here. You <laughs> got champed. Like this, you're not uh, uh, today's trivia <laughs> question and answer. I mean, you know, yeah, champ, it's bad got, enough that you put down the wrong team. Every day he does it. Every day yeah, he does. It's like a test. <laughs> That's every day. It's like a test. And then Blair gets chapped. <laughs> I'm not chapped. It's just. You were. I'll get in my ear and I say Jays and Yankees. That's, That's what I said. <laughs> That's not how you said it. This Australian pitched for both the Yankees and awesome. Blue Jays and had a 10-year major league career. Name him. Again, this Australian uh, pitcher pitched for both the Yankees and Jays and had a 10-year major league career. Name him. You can text the answer to 59590 for your shot to win. Also pitch for the Expos. Uh, See rules at sportsnet.ca. slash Maybe Jeff will go to the game. You can sit right beside Jeff. <laughs> yeah. You can go to the game, be a part of this, represent for the. The hell did that come who from? Who we work for? Just because it would be fun seeing you with fans and hanging out and explaining the game. <laughs> That's on your face. <laughs> no. I just don't see the. I don't see the. I, you sort of threw me off with Daniel Norris too. The the van down by the river thing. It was no, it wasn't the, the van. <laughs> that, that down, no, no, no. That was what it was. No, it, it was. was too. No, it was when we do van. When uh, oh, that was the. But it was when we had Gibby on, and and oh, uh, and and. And yeah, I said, and Gib- Gibby was a very, you know, Daniel Norris is a very smart, cerebral <laughs> guy. And I kind of mentioned it as a joke. That's funny because he's from the same neighborhood as Barker. And Gibby said, no, he's from the other side of the mountain. Yeah, Gibby would know. Yeah. He would know. He knows everything. Doing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Daniel Norris was living in a van. Oh, that's what he said. His words. Not, not mine. Yeah. You know? But I don't Travel think he was. The world. I don't think he was living in a van down by the river. You're thinking of the Saturday Night Live. That's character tremendous too. Eating government cheese or whatever it is. No, I don't think that was Daniel Norris. Oh, uh, we will continue our look. Did I get the trivia question read? <laughs> I think you did. Okay, as thanks. long as it's the right team. Thank good. And Thank you nailed good. that. I did nail that. The first time. We're going to continue our look around the wild card with part two. Yeah. Of our look, the this Orioles the and the Astros. But hang on. The Orioles aren't in the wild card. Why are we doing this? Because uh, it's the Orioles. How come we don't have the Rays today? The uh, Rays are in the wild card. The Orioles aren't in the wild card right now. You just threw your producer. Well, the Astros the are there. They're in the wild card, but the Orioles aren't. <laughs> Barker wanted to talk hard. All right. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm just saying. You guys. You, I mean, they ain't you, been to playoffs forever. Let's you, look, you guys let's, feel free to to, to criticize me over everything let's and poke talk fun about at them. me. And then when I poke fun at the fact that you guys. Anyhow, Ben McDonald joins us next. It's Blair and Barker. I'll on tell Sports ben, you don't want to talk to him. I want to talk That's to him. what I'll tell him. <laughs> the Orioles and Astros are playing tonight.
Ben McDonald joins us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan and Sportsnet. Fresh views on everything in the National Football League. It's the Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Around the wild, wild, wild card. And do this that again. Never gets old. Never. God. There's not one person that's listened to that that's went boo and. You just naturally want to move around. I keep Except you. Look at your face. Nah, if, it's just... If you can... Huh? Look at it. Uh, the Jays have tonight off. They will open a three-game series against New York Yankees tomorrow. In the Bronx, it'll be Yusei Kikuchi against Clark Schmidt. The other pitching matchups, Kevin Gossman against Michael King. And Jose Barrios against Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole's still going for the Cy Young Award, so I, it's the Yankees. None of that. It's not going to be easy. They're all going to be 3-2 or 4-3 games. You just know that. Um, well, I don't know. Listen, it's been, a, uh, it's been a really good year for the Baltimore Orioles, to say the least. Um, I was intrigued to see how they would handle uh, the Tampa Bay Rays this weekend. Um, you know, given the fact that the Rays have been there before, the Orioles haven't. I'm not saying I doubted the Orioles. I mean, if you listen to this show, you know we've got an inordinate amount of respect for Brandon Hyden for the Orioles. Mm. Uh, and as it turns out, the Orioles and the Rays both got to celebrate uh, mm. clinching a playoff spot. First place is still in the balance, but I would think if you're the Orioles, you probably bit of a spring in your step tonight as you go in to face the Houston Astros. Ben McDonald is a Baltimore Orioles analyst, former MLB pitcher. He joins us on Blair and Barker. Hey, Ben, thanks for doing this, man. Uh, I got to, I'll ask you, you spent all year around that team. Um, What were you expecting this weekend from the Orioles? And I'm not going to ask you if you were surprised, but just, do you think they come out of that series feeling even better about themselves? Good afternoon. Great, to, Always great to be with you guys. I always enjoy my time. Yeah, you know, listen, I knew that the last time that the Orioles played the Rays was back in July, and the Orioles went into Tampa. As you guys know, one of the most difficult places to mm-hmm. play and took three, out of, took three out of four from the Rays. And that's when the Orioles stepped in the first place in the AL East, and they haven't looked back since then. And then – Going into this series, to be honest, I think like a lot of people, I was concerned. The Orioles had dropped their last two games against St. Louis at home and really weren't playing well. The offense just kind of had slowed down. And then the first two games of this series, they drop it, man. And, and, and I think everybody's kind of sitting back going, okay, all right, it was one hell of a run for the Orioles, but the lug nuts are getting loose. The wheels are about to come off, and it's fixed to be – they're going to limp it down the stretch, you know. And then all of a sudden – like this team has done so many times this year, the resiliency of this team, somehow they just kind of pick up the pieces after losing four in a row, which, by the way, tied the longest losing streak of the year for the Baltimore Orioles. And they'd only done it one time and lost four games in a row. They win the final two games of the series uh, behind the big right arm of Grayson Rodriguez in game three, eight innings shut out for him. And then, of course, one of the best games of the year yesterday, an extra innings, 11 innings, Orioles, uh, you know, winning extras and walking off. Uh, in the 11th, you know, so I didn't know what to expect coming in. I knew the offense wasn't popping on all cylinders. I knew that the bullpen, uh, you know, for, for the 
for the Rays were on fire. I mean, I think they were 36 consecutive scoreless innings without an earned run coming into this series against the Orioles. So there was a lot of concern there. But uh, it's typical Oriole baseball this year. They just – they are able – I always say, say this, they don't have scar tissue. The, the Orioles, they, they don't remember things that happened the day before. They are able for a young team – and it's a, it's a trait for them to be able to flush what happened 24 hours earlier – Leave it be, whether it was good or bad, and focus on the task at hand that day. And I think that's what they've been able to do all year long. And the last time we talked, I don't think anything's changed. It is still a young bunch that just believes every day that they can go out and they can win a baseball game. And I know a lot of people are starting to make a lot of the fact that there's not a lot of experience on this team. They have never been here before, most of them, and they haven't. But I always say you don't know what you don't know. And right now, this team is young. It is dangerous. It just believes every day that they can win and go out no matter who the competition is and go out and play well. And they sealed their first playoff uh, uh, opportunity, as you guys know, since 16 yesterday. And they're two games up right now and, and chasing the AL East title, which hasn't happened since 2014. Ben, who's the best two starters they have going into the playoffs? Well, I get asked that a lot. And, and, and I'm going to tell you right now, if the playoffs started for me and everybody was ready to go, I'm running out Kyle Bradish and Grayson Rodriguez in game one and game two. That's that's my two right now. I think Dean Kramer is game three for me. Kyle Gibson will go tomorrow. I'm the veteran who I would love to have in there, but he's got to show me a little bit more consistency. His last two have been pretty good. So he's in the conversation. And the wild card of this, guys, of course, John Means returned from Tommy John surgery just four, four days ago. It had his very first start in, what, 500-something days. And obviously, he was the ace of the staff when he went down early last year in 2022. So there's a chance that if John Means could get two or three starts here down the stretch, that maybe he works himself up to 90, 95 pitches, and maybe he could be that kind of wild card guy that could be in the rotation for the Orioles. Ben, how do they navigate their way around Felix Batista's uh, continuing absence? I, I, I mean, I'll ask you do, I, do you think there's a chance we see him again? Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a great question. And obviously, when you lose Bautista, you're talking about one of the best, you know, relievers, closers in the game. And that was a huge blow and still is. The good news is, uh, apparently, there's a partial tear. Uh, I think if this would have happened in April, I think Bautista probably would have already had Tommy John surgery and he'd be ready to go maybe by the All-Star break uh, next year. Uh, that didn't happen. It happened right here in September. And I think the way the Orioles are looking at this is like, hey, you're going to miss next year regardless. Well, we have it in early September when you injured yourself or we have it after the season. You're going to miss the whole season next year anyway. We're going to see if we can ramp you up with this partial tear that you have and see if you can be a part of this. He threw off the mound for the first time since injuring himself about three weeks ago. It was just about 60% max effort. But the fact he threw sliders, forkballs, and fastballs wow. is encouraging. And it, it all went well. So, yes, there is a chance. I still say it's 50-50 at best. At best. How do they navigate without him? I, you know, that's a great question. And, you know, Cano's going to have to be the guy now. Others are going to have to step up. But I will say this. It is still the number two bullpen in baseball. And even mm-hmm. with Bautista going down, the ERA has gotten better collectively because collectively it's a pretty solid group. Do they have a most important everyday guy or is there a collection of important everyday guys? I explained this lineup for the Orioles as a chain. And in that chain, there is not a weak link. They will give you a quality of bat. It's not a lineup that has a 30-homer guy, although Gunnar Henderson and Santan there are close. But it's not like the Braves lineup where everybody blows the ball out of the ballpark. But what they do have, they don't have an out in that lineup. And they're going to sit up there and give you everything they got in that lineup. Now, when you're talking about a superstar, 
I think Gunnar Henderson is going to be a household name, in my opinion, in the next two or three years of Major League Baseball. He's going to win the Rookie of the Year in the American League East this year. He's got 27 homers now. What he's done the last four months is off the charts. He's playing an elite shortstop in third base uh, on the left side of the infield, and it's big-time uh, power you know, from the left side. So I always say this. you know, we got Jackson Holiday, who's moved from low A up to triple A this year, and he's a shortstop. But I, people in Baltimore look at me crazy when I say, Jackson Holiday better find somewhere else to play because Gunnar Henderson is going to be the face of this franchise, and he's going to play shortstop for the Baltimore Orioles for a very long time. Yeah, just looking at his, uh, at, at his numbers, I mean, he's he, – you know what? He, I mean, he's Cal Ripken so far. He's, he, right, he's, and that's what, he's Cal Ripken that's what offensively. Say, like all, the people say, try to say, well, Ben, he's too big. He's 6'4". He might outgrow that position. I said, well, I played with a guy by the name of Ripken. It was a pretty big shortstop. Yep. He never outgrew the position. So, look, it's it's in the cards for him. He's, he just turned 22 years old, guys. And it is, it is yes, it's special. When I tell you special, it's special. You know, and I know, look, you guys have as many special young players as any as any organization does. So y'all see them come up through the ranks. And uh, But I'm going to tell you that Gunnar Henderson is going to be a household name next two or three years. Yeah. Uh, last thing before I let you run, you mentioned Jackson Holiday. Uh, Holiday. We also saw uh, Heston Kierstad on Friday. Um, yeah. Again, another another guy again homered in his first at bat. Uh, how does where where does he fit into this thing this year? Well, I mean, he's obviously a future corner outfield for the Baltimore Orioles. That's who he is right now. You know, and there was a lot of talk about Santander potentially being traded to the All-Star break. There was a lot of talk about him being traded in the offseason this past year. That didn't happen. And there's already talk about it this year, too, in the offseason. So I think Kerstad's a corner, a corner guy. Right now, he's a guy that come in from the left side. He can change the game very quickly. Like, it's big-time pop for him. And so I think he's up. He'll get to play a little bit here in the month of September. He may be a guy that you see when the Orioles are down, you know, potentially in the playoffs or late in the year that they can really change the game. You bring him in off the, off the bench. But he projects out as a corner outfielder, a guy that's got some big-time pop from the left side and will play well at Camden Yards. There's just not an everyday spot for him right now with the outfielders doing what they're doing. Mm. Ben, good stuff, man. Should be a lot of fun down the stretch. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, have fun, Ben. I I appreciate it, guys. Always good to talk to you. Take care. Take care. It's Ben McDonald, Baltimore Orioles analyst, the Orioles and the Astros, playing the first game of the series tonight. Let's take a look at the Astros with Brian McTaggart. Covers the Astros for MLB.com. Brian, thanks for joining us. Today, this has uh, got the makings of, a, obviously, of a terrific series. Hey, are we seeing with the Houston Astros, do you think, the value of having been there and done that before? Are we starting to see that manifest itself now? Yeah, I think so, man. It's been an interesting season. It seems like to me that they've played in so many playoff games the last few years that they there's just times I think they tend to get disinterested in the regular season. And, I mean, they go to Atlanta and they sweep the Braves and then they play the A's and Royals back-to-back and lose both those series. Um, and they go, to, they go to Arlington and absolutely maul the Rangers for three games. It's just like when they want to turn on the switch, they can turn it on. I know it's not that easy. It just seems that way. But I think they just got to get to the postseason and then they'll, they'll be a very, very dangerous team as they always are. But certainly a little tougher path this year than they've had in years past when they've you know, wrapped up the AL West by the middle of uh, September. And now here they are fighting for their lives a little bit with a game and a half lead. Brian, any worry about their rotation? I think I, I saw their 15th in the ERA in September. You know, Verlander's had some hiccups. Hunter Brown's had some hiccups. Christian Javier, Framber Valdez looks like he's back to being stingy. Any worry about that rotation? 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's where they're really vulnerable. I mean, last year they had six starting pitchers who were, I mean, really quality starters, and and they put a couple of them in the bullpen in the playoffs, and, and they could barely even get on the mounds because they had, their bullpen was so good too. It's you know they've had some injuries, so yeah, you got Verlander and Valdez one and two, but they're not quite pitching at the level they were last year. And then after that, it's a little bit of a question mark. You know, Javier's been pretty disappointing in the second half. Then you know a couple of rookies, JT France and Hunter Brown. Um, it's just really been hit or miss. They they just don't have the one through four like they did last year in the playoffs. So um, the bullpen's still really good, and they can really mash. They I think they lead the AL and run scored in the second half of the season. But that's where they're going to be vulnerable is their starting pitching. They they just don't have. I mean, last year it was seven eight seven eight innings every start in the playoffs. Their starters would go out there. That's just not going to be the case. They're going to have to cover a lot of innings by their bullpen this year. Difference does Michael Brantley make to this lineup? Ooh. Yeah, he makes a big difference. I mean, he's not a guy that, you know, can play every day at this point just because he missed so much time. But, I mean, he came right back, and, and he put the bat on the ball like he's done his whole career. And he's had a couple of home runs. And, you know, he just gives you professional at-bats. And he's a guy that, you know, they put down at 7-8 in their order. Um, when they're completely healthy, their lineup is really, really dangerous. And they've had tons of injuries this year with Alvarez out for a long time, Altuve out for a long time. They all kind of got healthy around July, and then Brantley came back in August. And, um, you know, they have a rookie catcher who, if he played every day, would probably hit 30, 35 home runs. So they, they have a really dangerous lineup when they're, when they're all in there and, and the lineup's put together correctly, and, and Brantley's a big part of that. Brian, obviously the names on the back of the jerseys in that lineup and the everyday guys, they're relentless. But what separates them on an everyday basis? Is it approach? Is it because they can hit velocity? Is it because they're good breaking ball hitters? Is it all the above? Why are they so good? Well, they've always been a good fastball hitting team. They they crush left-handed pitching. Um, I mean, you can beat them. Sinker ball teams can beat them. I think that's why they had they had trouble with the Yankees in New York a couple of weeks ago, a team that they're better than. But, uh they, uh, you know, Yankees came in here and, and won a series. But, um, you know, they can get you from the left or right side. They they hit bad pitching really well, and they hit good pitchers as well. Um, you know, but, the, you know, they, they can be had. I mean, they you know, if you keep the ball down on them a little bit, keep the ball in the ballpark, you can have some success against them. And they're the strangest team I've seen offensively because they could score 15 one night, <laughs> get shut out, and come back the next night and score 12, and it's just – and they just keep rolling like it, you know, it didn't happen. So, um, just I mean, they they changed the batters I hear at Minute Bay Park for this uh, for this series uh, or this homestand to make it a little wider than the let the pitchers were complaining that they couldn't see left-handed pitching as well as they could with the batters eye. So, I don't know if that's making excuses or there's something legit to that. But same same batters eye they had last year when they rolled to the World Series. So it's kind of kind of curious. Mm. Brian, really good of you to join yeah. us, man. Thanks so much. Yeah, Terrific awesome. insight. Be well. Thanks a lot, Brian. All right, all right, guys. Thank you, Brian yeah. McTaggart, Houston Astros reporter with MLB.com. I think that's interesting. They changed the batters. Yeah, I think that's Abreu. Abreu's been the one that said he can't he see can't. in that park for whatever reason. I, I, maybe the batter's eye wasn't big enough. I look when you're struggling, you're trying to pinpoint little reasons of uh-huh. why you're not hitting the ball the way you're supposed to be hitting it. But I just, it's funny that you know you. When one of the really good teams coming in, that's the first team that gets to see that. So it's it's, yep. it's intriguing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's uh, funny, folks. You're going to want to pay attention to everything that goes on in the AL West uh, the next two weeks, as well as what goes on with the Blue Jays. That the West is where it's going to be decided. One of those one of those teams ain't going to make it.
Uh, you've got the Mariners against Texas uh, on the 22nd, 23rd, 24th. Then you got the Mariners against the Astros. Then you got oh. the Mariners against Texas. So basically from the 22nd of September on, it, it, you're going to be watching that division as well as the AL East. Very is, simple. It is odd if you're a fan of each one of those teams that you're paying attention to three or four other teams wondering what they're doing because you're trying to compete, yep. right? You're you're hoping that those two teams win a bu- lose a bunch of games. So All right. That's cool. I like it. Those four teams. These four teams, Kevin, you know where I'm going with this. Let's hear it. Houston, yep. Toronto, yep. Seattle, yep. Texas. Who's on the outside looking in? I think it's Texas. I'm I, with you. I, I think, I'm with you. I think Texas has bounced around so much. I think offensively, too, Simeon and Seager, you could pitch around one of them. And, and eliminate the other one. And I just don't think they have enough to beat you otherwise, right? And I think the pitching for Seattle is too good. I, that's that's for Boy, me. You've, 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 there's a lot of young arms you're banking on in Seattle. Well, I think it's. But they got the dude. That's me. Castillo's. Yeah, I think it's. I think they got enough dudes that throw hard enough that I, this time of the year, for whatever reason, I think, I think Texas is. Just yeah, because I, the injuries, you got the guys coming back. What do you expect from them? I don't, you know, Boach is going to have to be real careful about when he uses guys, and there's going to be pressure. But different guys handle pressure in different ways. Does has Texas lineup ever had pressure? Uh, Not really. That's a great point. Right? Now, so, now they do have. Okay, so, well, I mean, Seager's been in the postseason. Semyon has been in the postseason uh, season. Yeah, but George Kirby, George Kirby for the Mariners, he's a worry. Ever, ever since that thing went yep. down where it's, you know, yep. how dare you pitch me between this mark, right, 90 and 100, and I'm calling it out. I mean, how much confidence do you really have yep. in him? And ever since then, it's sort of been, eh, I said then, and I timid. still believe you never want to, you never want to create a narrative around That's a team. weakness. You, know, never, you really don't. I, I used to talk to pitchers and say they could beat me on the on-deck circle. I'd be, what are you talking about? And then I went back and watched video of me. They were right. I just gave him a little bit more ammo, and this is sort of what you're getting from him, right? Is if he's around long enough, it's ammo that I'm gonna get you. Do you something to it? Do you have a? I'll ask you what I asked Ben McDonald. Are you more of a believer in in the Orioles now? Not after really. This weekend, not really. I have no idea what you're gonna get from him. They ain't got a closer. They ain't got a number one guy. They ain't got a guy who can pitch the seventh game. Like, I mean, you're piecing it together. Uh, yeah, this is the beauty of this American League now. They're, they're, all of them have weaknesses. Like you, you could poke it at every single team about something, and everybody says the Blue Jays get in, they're going to be dangerous. I wonder. They could be right. I wonder how much Minnesota not having anything really to play for right now. Maybe. I wonder how much that that factors into this. They you hit know, a bunch they, of home runs now, and they pitch. And they pitch. Sort of how you win. I mean, the best team in baseball. GM's been on our show. It's how you do it. You pitch really well, and they're going to get they're going to get the home, first homer. series at home. You know, you're going to have uh, the series. Makes, at home. I mean, it, yeah, absolutely. They're sort of you know hiding and waiting. and you know what the most important thing for the Twins is. They do not have to face the Yankees this postseason because that's that's a big deal. That's their kryptonite. That's a big deal. That's their kryptonite. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, no. I, this is hey, if you're baseball, you know, and we we haven't really focused on, but the the National League wild card, you got a good race going on, and the, the the Miami Marlins just will not go away. The Miami Marlins will will, will yeah will not go away, and, and sure, I don't know how the hell they're and, doing it. And I'm sure if you're a Twins fan, you want to play the Blue Jays. I mean, you got some guys oh, yeah. in the rotation for the Blue Jays oh, that yeah. you handle pretty well. I would. I mean, you probably don't want to face the Mariners. Uh, looking at like, the National League, because we haven't really touched on it, 
Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies are three and a half games up. Arizona's a team. half game up. They're the teams that can beat the, the Braves. Yes, yep. the Phillies. The Cubs and the Marlins are tied. Cincinnati's still only half a game back, although they got yeah, they DFA'd a couple of guys. Yeah, I, I know. San Francisco's two back. They're, they're, that's not going to happen. No. But uh, Cubbies, the, do you really take that serious? Cubbies, I, Cubbies have lost five in a row. I, yeah. I, I think I, I'll say this right now. I'll, you know, I, I think the Miami Marlins, I call them to go to the playoffs anyhow, but I think the Miami Marlins are going to somehow with a, what's their run differential? Minus 37. I think they're going to, I think they're going to sneak in there. I guess. I think they're going to sneak I in guess. there. I mean, but you a, are right. That's Phil- a beauty in the National League. It's top heavy. Philadelphia, to there's me. There's like two teams and there's everybody else. Yeah. Uh, t- American me, League's loaded. To me, Philadelphia is, uh, that's, Philadelphia right now is thinking, we're in. Get ready to face the, the Braves. That'll be a, that'll be a tremendous oh, series. That'll be that's a tremendous muscle series. against muscle. Oh, boy. Mono and mono. I, I this is this is the best part of the season. Yeah. If you're oh, a baseball is. fan, forget about being having an individual team. No, no, this Just is... being a baseball fan. And if you're an American League fan, holy moly. Yeah. This got, is awesome. You got no idea where no, it's going. No, you go. don't. That is it for us. We will be back tomorrow from five to seven Eastern on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and Sportsnet. Uh, a reminder the Jays have tonight off. They will be at Yankee Stadium. They'll be in the Bronx for three games starting tomorrow night. Then it's on to Tampa. Then it's back home for the final homestand of the year. Everything to play for. It's the way it's supposed to be. Have yourself a great night.